Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Jeff Yan. In this episode, you will hear part two of my conversation with Lucy Smith, Director of Engaged Learning at Salt Lake Community College. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. You had talked about civic engagement, civic community engagement, civic literacy quite a lot. Um, and um, I, I did get to, I was, you know, I was prior to the meeting, I was looking up, I want to make sure I got your title right. And, you know, people change titles and stuff. And, and I, I looked you up and in Slick's directory, it listed your portfolio right next to your name. So I clicked on it. It's amazing. You have this beautiful oh. portfolio. And um, quick, just quick side note here. I think that people that actually build portfolios and teach with it are better. They understand more, you know, of that intimately what it means to sort of put it together. Um, but nevertheless, I, I took a look at your portfolio and I love it. And it's not only because, look, You've achieved a lot, and I, I know a lot of people have achieved a lot in in education, and you know, um, but there are some aspects of it that I feel like is it's just undeniable. And you were saying before that I love you know civic engagement. I this is me. This is what I do. I live for equity. I live for all these things, and you do. And in your portfolio, there is an equity statement, um, and. Uh, in which you talk about what this means to you and what you value. Um, to me, that is so such an amazing representation of of someone modeling, you know, mm-hmm. this type of you know process for for their students. And I could see why you know <laughs> you're you've been successful at this. So, can we talk a little bit about the idea of civic engagement and how that how that has permeated through your programs. It seems like it has through Slick altogether. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about that and maybe in the context also of, A, what is it? Like, give, give us some examples of it, right? But how does it permeate itself through, I mean, people, I mean, sure, there might be someone who can study civic engagement. I don't even know whether it's such, you know, that you can study in the major, as a major, but but if I studied accounting or writing or or journalism or nursing, what does civic how does civic engagement come into play? Yeah. Um well for a couple of those examples, right? Like English, for example, is 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 a good one. I mean, you can look at the literal translation of like right like students in English classes maybe tutoring at the tutoring younger kids um, reading at the YMCA or with, through like boys and girls clubs or things of that nature right? that's a literal literal translation but a lot of our um, English faculty members actually just use many other types of service like students will go and do gardening with Wasatch Community Gardens or they'll serve food at Catholic Community Services and it gives students a vehicle for their writing and it gives students the ability to do something in a hands-on way that helps them be passionate 
more passionate about their writing because they're not just looking up a bunch of stuff, you know, or looking up research and reading things and then having to come up with something to write about, but they can actually write about their actual experiences. Um, and that is something that, that I hear from the English faculty over and over and over as they really appreciate how it really helps students, um, it gives them it gives them real real world experiences to write about and and writing for change is something that our english faculty member talk about as well right and that 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 writing can be a, a form of activism and and how you do that and then you know other examples like in um health sciences we have our you know dental hygiene um department and and they they have their clinic right and they could just you know, do their clinic and and serve folks in the clinic, but they specifically have a, a civic and community engagement focus. So do our occupational therapy assisting um, program, and they have they specifically reach out to underserved communities. They work with like um, like the dental hygiene folks work with an organization called Communities Building Communities, and so they're help, they're helping. We just and I just presented to them today and was talking to them and the, and the students are like, wow, you know, we're nervous to go to this organization. It's called communities building communities. And they'll work with people that have never had dental care, people that don't get right regular cleanings, people that just don't have access, don't have health insurance. And they're talking about like the root cause of like, what is that? What is this social issue that is, that is like, um, what is it the root cause of of people not having access to healthcare in like one of the richest countries in the world, right? And you could have a program like dental hygiene that essentially just, you know, that students do their work, they do their clinic, you know, they, they do all these things and it's hands-on and it's very nature, but it doesn't have to be civically focused, right? Where they're focused on um, working with um, communities who don't have access to care and analyzing the why and helping students learn yeah. about the why and dissect the social issue of access to health care and why that's an issue and how students impact that, right, as advocates, as advocates for change. So, I mean, there's a ton of examples and and that's kind of part of the fun part about my job is being able to brainstorm with faculty and say, you know, yeah, this is, uh, you, you know, yeah, because I, I have to be a bit of a jack of all trades, right? Because when I work with faculty, I don't, I, I have to brainstorm with faculty and disciplines across campus, many different, different d disciplines, right? And business and health sciences and science, math and engineering and English and all this stuff. They're like, well, I don't know. How would you incorporate service in, you know, the arts? And I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And we have to brainstorm and figure out like what, mm -hmm. what their learning outcomes are and how those relate to, you know, how those might relate to service that the students might do in the community. And it's a fun, it's a fun task. I, and it's one that I really appreciate because I've never seen myself as the sage on the stage or, oh, I'm the like penultimate expert in X, Y, or Z, right? But I do see myself as somebody who is, good at generating ideas with people. And I do, as you said, have a deep, unabiding, long-term commitment to service. Um, and I've done service my whole, you know, most of my adult life and had some of the most formative experiences um, through the service that I've done. And, and actually, that's something I want to go back to really quickly about my e-portfolio and the equity statement in the service. And you don't, that stuff doesn't come across in a, just a printed boring PDF that's four, 14 pages. No, no offense to those who have CVs that are 14 pages, but I just don't think they're quite as, they just don't showcase your work as nicely as like images and pictures and text. And then you can add video and things of that nature to really showcase your work. And I just really appreciate that about 
portfolios is that they, they bring <laughs> things to life more than yeah. a, a boring word. Doc. And I know you can do some of this in LinkedIn now, you know, right. And you can attach documents and you can attach yeah. work and stuff like that. But I don't know. I still don't quite see it as the same. Um, but well, I looked at your portfolio. I think it's more than 14 pages and I, it was amazing. <laughs> yes, way, it's many pages. It's probably, yes, it is. But you I, <laughs> go ahead. I want to, I want, when you talked about service, I heard this recently from Stephen Colbert, oh, the comedian in yeah, the yeah. Night show. Yeah. And he said, I forgot who he said it to. It was very, extremely moving. It, it was so, I remembered it and I still haven't forgotten it. This must have been a month or sometime during the summer he said this. And he said, service is love made visible. Mm. And I think, I think it's so true. Um, you can see it, you know, when you, you know, spread the love around your community, that's what you, you, you know, you, you, it's in action, you know, it's, it's so yeah. beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Now, I, I'm getting a lot of, um, I mean, I, I'm getting a lot of ideas out of what you were, you were just saying. And one of the things that, um, that, that I feel like that should be obvious, and but it feels like we need more of Lucy in the world, more Lucy's in the world. To, to, <laughs> Thank to, you. To I appreciate that. <laughs> to, 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 to show how it works is that when the students develop passion and mission through life, through experience, through being in places outside of their, you know, their natural, you know, habitats and environments, they they get to develop those passion and mission because they start to see the contrast. They start to realize what they have been taken for granted and what's what what's not. That's right. And but by developing those things, it could be for any disciplines. It, you could be a dental hygienist. You could be you know a mathematician. I feel like it not only brings a sense of mission to your work. It also just brings you a little bit further. It takes you a little further. It takes you, you know, it makes you, you know, we talked about retention before. It makes that student that feel like, well, this is too much. I'm going to drop out mm -hmm. to, it's a lot, but guess what? I have this, I'm on a mission. It's, why it's called on a mission. I'm on a mission to do this. Not only do I want to get this degree and, you know, get, you know, get the ability to, to move ahead in life, but I want to solve this problem. Maybe and maybe that problem is, you know, the eventually to try to, you know, contribute to in their own form of activism. Like you said, you know, it could be through writing, it could be through whatever whatever work that they're doing, um, and it it just feels like that it goes a lot beyond. So it feels like there is no fault, no fault, no no cons at all to this, oh. because <laughs> because they they develop more passion. They 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 are they have a mission to do something which makes them you know sort of have have more longevity and more of a you know a north star to point towards. Um, it it allows them to hopefully because of that. That they 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 get to you know finish their degree and you know and and do all of that and and get get the, get the jobs and the careers that they want to build, but but it also feels like that there's one big part which is a 
a high level of fulfillment, which is what I keep hearing when I listen to you talk. Is that <laughs> well, you're, you, you live a very fulfilled life, even when you're ducking into your, in front of your computer for two years, building policies and <laughs> procedures and web pages and stuff. You know, it's all for a greater cause, you know? Yes, but there are downsides. There are definitely okay, downsides. Downside? <laughs> there, there are very much downsides to community-engaged learning, and and that is the, and that is something that we're we are very much steeped in right now. Is 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 issues of equity, right? Mm. Issues of equity and issues of privilege and power, and students confronting those. And sometimes, if students aren't prompted to go deep enough, you can have the white savior complex, right? I mean, you have students mm -hmm. who go in and say, or who think, well, who have maybe, I mean, there's many different examples, right? Students who go in and have preconceived notions about people experiencing um, homelessness, right? And mm -hmm. if they don't, if they don't have ample reflection and guided into deeper levels of thinking and guided to talk about what the root cause of homelessness is or addiction or things of that nature, right? You can sometimes um, reinforce negative stereotypes or some students, you know, and like international um, service, this is, this is, it's so challenging. Yes, right? yeah. um, mm -hmm. And you can reinforce, you know, yeah, that this white, white privilege, right, that we're coming in to save these, you know, poor folks that, you know, don't have the resources to be able to help themselves. And, and that's why it's so, so very important to have well constructed, guided, intentional reflections that help students understand, you know, not only how this, what the, how the service connects to the discipline and what they're, what they're um, learning, but to the social issue more broadly and the root cause of the social issues, right? Because if you really look at the root cause of hunger, homelessness, poverty, um, all of these things, it's systemic, racism, right? It's systemic. P people are not poor because they choose to be poor, right? It is often because of social inequity and racism and, and all of these things, these larger structures. And, and during COVID, that's something that so many people became more aware of, which is, you know, we still have so far to go, but it is some silver linings to COVID is so many more people did wake up to the systemic issues that that surround racism, for example, as a social issue, right? And that's something that you really have to help students understand. And you, we only have them, right? If they're just in one class, one community-engaged learning class for one yeah. semester, like, you know, how deep can you go sometimes? And And through doing assessment and looking at students, right? Some students, especially students who are in, you know, programs like our programs that are cohort models, and we have them for two years, and they really dig deep. They really you know, come out of this with some really deep reflection on the root cause of social issues and how they might positively impact them. But when students only have one semester, sometimes that's hard, right? And you only have so mm -hmm. much time. So yes, there are downsides yeah. to it, very much so. And it's just, we have to be cautious, yeah. cautious of those. But, you know, one thing that I appreciate that, um, you know, one, one, uh, statement I appreciate is don't let perfection be the you know enemy of the of the good right so yeah. I mean we have to do the best we can and build structures to help students be able to unpack these issues to as much as we to, to the best degree that we can but we also need to be cautious of that and it's something that I've really seen come 
full force at the at Slick in the past couple of years since I've been here. In the past like five years, we really yeah. put such a heavy focus on um, equity, on being in being being equity minded practitioners, and all really learning how to like deconstruct, decolonize community-engaged learning, right? Deconstruct like the white privilege that is high or like the ivory tower that is higher education and who gets to come and who doesn't. And I think we're in a better, we're in a special position at the community college to be able to do this because we were a community college and it's a pretty special thing. And that's again, not to disparage any four-year institutions because everybody's working their hardest and doing the best they can. But I do feel a special love for community colleges and our mission and our equity work and, and, and being the most diverse institution in the state of Utah, because Utah is not known for being very diverse, but we're diverse and slick. (laughs) I mean, I, I do think that there is something really special about where things are. I mean, on one hand, you know, I think that in the last I guess, you know, not just the last, during COVID, it was even, you know, before that, there is a, um, a sense of, you know, like the, the whole equity thing, but it's not just that too. It's, you know, things like gun violence, things like opioid addiction, like all these things and, 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 and then mass, you know, incarceration of people, especially, you know, who are underrepresented there is almost like this boiling point of, wow, this is unacceptable. How are we accepting it? But yet we are. And, and, and you know, things seem to just not change. And then sometimes things start to change, but then you're like, well, is it really going? I mean, Black Lives Matter started way, you know, it's not, I mean, it got reinvigorated during, you know, during COVID because of George Floyd and others. But it it existed for many years before and 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 it didn't you know it just it got some steam and then people shot it down and then it kind of lost some momentum and then you know it kind of took on the back seat and and but but this last few years it it feels like that there is on one hand there is this turmoil you know that we can all see and i feel like it's it's difficult you were talking about louisiana i would never shake the images of the hurricane, you know, when it was hit and the, all the houses were destroyed and and what that looks like. But maybe there is also, a, it kind of feels like that when I looked at, you know, like you can easily dip into that, that you look at the world, it's like, oh man, everything's on fire, you know? And then at the same time, it, you know, listen to you speak about it, um, make, makes me feel like there is a lot of hope in, um and opportunities to um to 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 rebuild and reinforce and and structure things in a in a way that that might really change you know at least higher education it feels like it will change higher education for a long time i mean when i went to um when i was in college um which was in the 90s um I still feel like I'm young, but you know, it, Join the club. it doesn't feel that young. Um, That's how I hurt myself was doing something that was not so age appropriate. <laughs> right, right. My kids, my kids, you know, my kids, you know, reminds me that I'm not young. That's right. I, That's I, right. I felt like that 
at the time, they were definitely people that were wearing the activist hat, mm -hmm. but they were special to do that. Yeah. Everyone else was just saying, look, I just want to get a job. I study wherever I'm studying. I want to get a job there. I want to, you know, not, I want to pay off my student loans. And at the time, student loans was a little bit more affordable too. You know, I want to be yeah. able to do that. I want to move out of my parents, you know, house and being able to build something of my own. That's kind of, that's kind of it. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I, I feel like that now there's um, this whole layer of purpose that is exciting. Yeah, that's what some I listened to an intergenerational researcher a little while back that talked about that. That our our most our youngest generation really are very, very um, socially right, very socially aware, very concerned about social issues, and very much tuned into wanting to make change in the world. And I I feel very privileged because I'm at this really nice nexus of of just naturally having a kind of a half full sort of attitude, um, but yeah. then also working in a field that is very much focused on, yes, focused on just intractable social issues, right? Like wicked problems is another way to talk about mm -hmm. it. But also, um, I work with people, I work with faculty who are trying to trying to impact it in a positive way that, that are trying to help their students impact these social issues in positive ways and helping students find a voice about with things that they care about and trying to leverage the education that they have and the privilege that they have to get an education to be able to Im positively impact social change, you know? And again, you look at like dental hygiene and one might think, what? Dental hygienists? Those guys aren't activists. But, the, but our students are really, you know, we're occupational therapy assisting, you know, it's like, no, those guys aren't activists, but they are really the students today and the things they said about, you know, their ability to, to make change and that why, you know, people don't have access to healthcare and why that's an issue and how they might be able to positively impact that is it's very powerful stuff. So, yeah, I feel pretty blessed that I get to hear about the good, see, see and hear the good work that's happening in the world and then also contribute to it. But I also realize what a privilege it is to be in the position I'm in because I've traveled too a lot and traveled to developing countries, right? I've traveled, we run a, a program to India and I've been um, to India and I've seen, you know, the like, uh, educational opportunity there is not mm -hmm. like it is here in the U.S., right? Yeah. And those of us who get to, to, to have access to higher education and have the ability to do that, do that is it's just really such a privilege you know and 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 india has so many assets and they're you know one of the the largest democracies in the world they are the largest democracy in the world right well that's what they would say like the u.s is the most powerful they're the biggest <laughs> that's what i heard a lot when i was over there i don't know if that's you know <laughs> that's that's still true that we could claim that we're the most powerful in the u.s we yeah, I, I dropped that yeah that's right <laughs> It just sounds like totally like full of ourselves. I'm so I don't I don't believe in Amer American imperialism, not at all. Um, but uh, no, now I lost what my point was. So you were you were saying that that's my yeah, point. Able, yeah, <laughs> and you know something else too, which is um, what you're doing is you know has such a a scalable impact to um, the community and the world. I mean, even if we just talk about the Utah community, right? 
and it's, it reaches beyond that. But let's for the moment say, well, even in the Utah community, for the work that you're doing, and I know it's not necessarily just you, there is a bunch of people, your colleagues, you know, David, we talked about and, and others, you know, like working on this, but we're talking about relatively speaking, a group of people that you can count probably in, in both hands. Let's, let's say that you have a few dozen people doing this, right? Um, writing the policies, coming out with, you know, stru structuring this culture. It allows you to affect thousands of students' lives every year and have them come out of slick and going into the community. Doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be going into accounting. They could be going into, you know, dental hygiene or, or whatever, right? Um, and they are going in there with the groundwork, the foundation that sets, you know, we have developed this passion and mission that makes the world better. And by the way, some of it, they don't even have an option for, because if they don't, then the earth isn't around for long for them to enjoy. That's you right. Know, we've, we've sort of done a number on them because <laughs> we just ignore it for a few decades and keep adding to it, right? And so they're like, no, we have to do this. You know, they're, 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 they don't even have a choice for it. Um, but, but, but that is an amazing impact, you know, which we, we're talking about, you know, like talking about scale, that's some incredible good return on investment. Yeah. You know? Well, it's a whole, it's a whole national thing, right? Like service learning has been around for over, like we talked about, not just at Slick, but nationally over 20 years and the field has matured tremendously. I mean, there's um, the International Research Association on Service Learning and Community Engagement, where all the heavy hitters and research and there's significant work that's happening, Campus Compact, there's significant work that's, that has been happening for many decades that is matured and and is is really working to to ensure that civic and community engagement is institutionalized in higher education um mm -hmm. across the US and there's i mean there's every most higher education institutions have programs to one degree or another so yes it's mm -hmm. true there's there's a lot of work in this in this field that's being done that is really good work that does multiply um, hopefully, because yeah, it does need to. It, it, yes, like you said, it needs to happen. The world, the world can't wait. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really have a choice. It has to happen. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this then. Maybe we'll we'll wrap up after this 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 question. Um, for those who are listening to this, who are maybe either faculty members or in positions where they can you know, um, maybe look into this and may create some change in their respective programs. Um, but let's say, let's say that they're in a program where service learning has not touched them yet for whatever reason, right? Because they are, they've been really highly focused on, you know, doing um, applied mathematics or doing, you know, um, a very special branch of uh, uh, research in whatever, right? in pharmacy. I feel like that I'm trying to find an example where it feels like that maybe there's just nothing you can do, but I can't find one. Um, <laughs> it's harder and it can be harder in the sciences. Yeah. yeah. But, 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 but let's say that you're doing that and you are all consumed. You and your students are so consumed with the material that, uh, you know, academic material that you have 
and it's hard material too, you know, like they, they have to go through so much, um, you know, they have to think very abstractly. They have to do all these things in their respective fields. And service learning hasn't hit them. No one's knocked on their doors, but they are wondering, well, what could I do? What, where would someone like that? Where would they, what, what can they do? Well, two answers to that. One is it's frankly not for everybody. <laughs> Maybe because some folks don't, you know, like some some faculty it's it may not be something that they really have the passion for or have the wherewithal to want to do. And folks that don't want to do it or don't have a passion for it or don't see the purpose or reason for it, you can do more harm than good. Mm. Right. So, I mean, there is that, that it, it doesn't have to be for everybody. And I hear that a lot in the field too, is that it doesn't, we're not trying to across the institution, make sure that every single faculty member in every discipline does this. It, it may not, it may not be the best fit for, for everybody. Um, mm. That said though, lots of folks would argue that it, that you can incorporate um, academic service into any discipline. There's a lot of really cool work, like sciences is, is a little harder, you know, and I see that at our institution. I don't see, there's not a lot of um, uh, community engagement in the sciences. I mean, we have some biology faculty members, some geosciences, some things like that, but some of the other like sciences, like physics, for example, I was chatting with someone the other day and I was like, hmm, I'm not sure what they would do in physics, right? But engineering, for example, there's some really cool examples of engineering projects for like, for example, for rural communities, like let's talk about um, Native American uh, folks that are on Native American reservations, right? Who don't, who still in the US don't have access to regular clean water and engineering students could help build like water projects, things of that nature or infrastructure for, for things. Um, so that, I mean, that would be an example of, uh, you know, maybe some of the underrepresented fields, but it just depends. You know, there's lots of resources, like I said, through Campus Compact and Sample Syllabi and um, IR Slice, who I'd mentioned, which is the International Research, Research Association for Service Learning and Community Engagement, the longest acronym ever. Um, but they they have lots of um, people are always you know, because we're academics we're all in higher ed everybody's always publishing and putting out work and I mean mm -hmm. there's there's a broad range of things that you can find um, out there but there are some fields that are just more apt to want to do this work like human folks in the humanities right um, that's that's a field that I think is is pretty well. Um, well established in in the world, but uh, or in the world of community engaged learning in the field of community engaged learning. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I I am a cheerleader for the, for the pedagogy, so I'll always brainstorm with any faculty who wants to. But um, and I believe in it. National research backs that up. But at the same time, you know, it's not. There's many different high impact practices that people can engage in, right? Like sure, sure. some faculty might really care more about undergraduate research. Some faculty might care more about global learning, or, um, right, mm -hmm. different yeah. things. So just I think it just depends. So here's what I would say. I I hope that in a few years. Well, it may take longer than a few years, but. I could see that by the type of work that you are doing now and other folks at different, you know, nationally and internationally are doing this right now, infusing, you know, the, 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 these, these civic engagement, community engagement work into their various disciplines. 
and also into the various liberal arts programs. A lot of programs have a liberal arts sort of foundation as well, which also brings all of that in into it. Um, I do think that whether you ended up, I, I predict that whether you are in a field that has many natural sort of um, sort of outputs for you know civically minded you know work um, that that more and more people will be trained with the basic ideas you know in mind um, so that so that um, it becomes a naturally valued thing whichever field that you're in so I hope that you know, for the work that you're doing, not only become sustainable as a system. So another 20 more years, service learning could be called something something else, but it will, I hope, no doubt, be even more sophisticated and more organized and have have more, you know, have 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 more ways to engage people. Um, Let's and hope. that and that at the same time, we also will get people who are currently in the undergraduates. Right, studying the undergraduate degree, but by then they might be ones who are working and teaching and working in the field who are able to come back and bring more of this sort of multiple generations of knowledge, you know, back into it. And having seen, you know, having been in that generation where you were saying the sort of multi-generational studies, I think that looking forward is something really exciting too, because um, we will, I hope, have more people that are going to be driven by that passion and, and, and mission in, in, in life, um, very much like you do, and, and, uh, um, uh, in the, and, and how they will contribute to the world. Yay. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, Lucy, what a wonderful conversation. I just learned so much, and I enjoyed that immensely. Thank you, Jeff. Um, yeah, this was fun. This yeah, fun. It, it's fun. I hope that we get to, um, we'll, we'll, we'll hope we will keep in touch and uh, would love to uh, check in with you every once in a while and see what's new. But uh, meanwhile, keep up the, the amazing work. Keep up the good work with portfolios, but not only that, with everything else as well. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Take care, Lucy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.